Welcome to HIT. We're going to be talking about the two most powerful four-letter words there are. Love and fear. Now, it's crazy to think that we are only born with two natural fears, right? Two natural fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. It's crazy to think that everything after those two pieces we basically have created. We've created all these things, and what has to happen is we basically have looked at this and said fear is false evidence appearing real. We are the ones that are making different fears happen. It, it's I see this so much in business today that people you know, have so much fear about what the future is going to look like, what's going to happen with their life, how are they going to go out there and, and be successful with you know if it's their job, if it's going out there owning and operating their own business. It's unbelievable. But I see so much fear because there's so much uncertainty too, right? If you think about what's going on in the world today, you know, there are there's so many people that are living paycheck to paycheck and they're just barely getting by. I mean, and so when you have that and you're surrounded by that all the time, and the media that we watch is constantly driven by, you know, oh, there's a death, uh, uh, there's an overdose, there's, you know, uh, a murder, there's, you know, our president. You know, it doesn't matter that everybody, you know, Congress, it, it does not matter. There's so much things that are out there that propel us into this whole fear state that we live in. And it's something that I see business owners that, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if, if I can, if I can be as successful. I don't know if I'm, you know, if I'm worthy enough. Do I have enough money to invest in something? Am I leading my team in the right direction? Uh, is there something else I should be doing? And all of this is fed by the things that we see on the news, the things that we hear, the people that we're surrounded by. All of those things are pieces that feed this whole fear. But what else feeds fear is idle time. I see too many people that sit back, they come home from work, they as soon as they come home from work, they go ahead, they pop on Netflix, and they start watching The Orange is the New Black. And I'm always thinking, unless you're going to prison, why do you need to watch that? Is that going to help you get where you need to get in life? No, because here's what happens. People like to be in that comfortable state. They like to walk, go home. They like to forget about the job that they just left or the issues that are going on or the bills they have. They want to go to the mental mall. And that's a situation that I see quite frequently when I'm talking to business owners. I always ask, why watch that stuff? What, what, what is that helping you uh, get to? I always say that you know, broke people watch TV, broke people listen to radio. What are you listening to on a day-to-day -day basis to feed your mind full of good stuff that can attack that fear? Because if you're listening to your friends or listening to radio, what is the pieces that are going to help you overcome all of this bad information or bad stuff that we hear in the world today? I don't wake up and first thing I do is go to you know my my cincinnati.com app no because at the end of the day i already know that i already know that program i've looked at it enough it doesn't help me with anything i'm going to do in business for that day it doesn't help me get into the mindset that i need to go after to be successful all it does basically is depresses me and puts me in a state of like wow god is this world what's wrong with it and as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, we can't have that mindset. That mindset can't even come across because we have to be in a very clear state. Our clarity is so important. In time, idle time feeds fear. And too many people 
if it's playing Candy Crush, getting on Instagram, getting on Facebook, reading your apps, you know, watching Netflix, all of that stuff feeds this this whole fear. Feeds fear. It almost paralyzes you that all of this time on our hands, we we're not able to really concentrate on what it is that we should be doing to go out and get success for our business, get success for our family, go out there and get success for whatever it might be that we want. I think that as I was listening to Grant Cardone, you know, speak about on his book. You know, he's talking about, you know, treating success like a family member, right? If you tra- treated success like a family member, gosh, could you imagine? Could you imagine you would do anything for a family member? You would do anything you possibly could. And no, most people don't do that to be successful. They just are hoping that they'll be successful. See, when I think about fear, fear has really two meanings, right? Fear has the meaning of forget everything and run. Forget everything and run. When it gets too tough, let's all oh, forget about it. I, I can't do it. It's, it's impossible. It's, it's never going to happen for me. Um, you know, uh, I'm just never going to be as successful as my other friend because you get on fake book or Insta lie and you start comparing yourself against other people that are out there. You see their life that they're living. You go, gosh, I'll never have that, you know, because I don't have enough money or that person was a lot luckier than I was or that person lives in a better area than I do. All of that stuff is basically forgetting everything and running away from a challenge. See, I believe that you should face everything and rise. That's the choice. Facing everything and rising, rising above the noise. Give you a quick story. My man Max, that's my middleman. And, uh, you know, he's my boy and he is kind of like the mini me, very you know, athletic. He just loves to go out there and, uh, and do, you know, anything. If it's a ball, bat, racket, does not matter. He loves to go out there and do this. Well, Max also got diagnosed with dyslexia. He's had some, you know, problems with reading and, you know, and comprehension. Also got a little bit of ADD in, inside. And, uh, you know, so every night, you know, myself and my wife will read to him. Uh, my wife does a lot more because of my travel schedule, but gosh, I, I read with him on FaceTime or, or when I get home. And, and uh, so the other day, I'm reading with him and, you know, we get done with the first book and it's all about the Steelers and, and um, you know, he was so excited to read these little small football books. Well, I'm like, hey, Max, what about... What about this book over here? It's a little bit thicker. The words are a little bit, you know, uh, longer. It's a little bit. I can tell it's it's not the Steelers book, right? It's 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 a little bit more kind of school like book. And Max goes, "Well, Daddy, I don't have to read that book." I said, "Max, why don't you have to read that book?" He said, "Well, Dad, I don't have to read that book because I'm in a slow group, and and the slow group, we don't have to read that yet." I said, Max Chickenelli, who told you that you were in the slow group? He goes, well, you know, Dad, we, you know, we all get placed into different groups. We all get placed into different ways in reading. And, you know, I, I don't have to read that yet. I'm not there. I said, well, Max, let me tell you something. I don't want anybody to tell you that you're slow. Buddy, it's not if you read that book. It's when you read that book. And if we have to, each word, word by word by word, we are going to face each of those words together. We're going to rise together to go out there and read this book. Read this book because at the end of the day, I don't want anybody to put a label on you. 
Nobody's going to put a label on you to tell you what you can and you cannot do. See, I don't want Max to be afraid of a challenge that's in front of him. Because if he looks and goes, yep, yeah, I'm in the slow group. Yeah, I don't have to read that. I don't have to live a little bit uncomfortably to get comfortable. No, that's not what I want for him. I want him to accept the challenge and say, you know what? You're right, Dad. Let's go ahead. Let's read that. Now, I might be slower than the rest of the group. I might not finish as fast as the rest of the group, but I'm willing to face that, that fear that to overcome that challenge that's in front of me. That's what I look at. Because if Max overcomes that now and we start that at such a young age, Max isn't going to be the kid that forgets everything and runs. He's going to be the kid that says, I want the challenge. Give it to me. I'm not looking at being the fastest. I don't need to. I'm just wanting to compete. And I want to compete at the best each and every day. And that's a very important thing. And I'm so excited that we were able to do that together because one of the biggest things for Max now is he literally says, I'm not afraid of reading anything. I know, Dad, I'm not going to finish it as fast as everybody, but I sure the heck am going to go out there and make sure that I compete with everybody. And that's an important thing when it comes to fear. It's about overcoming those. It's about working through those. It's about not believing that you're less than. It's kind of like when I'm working with business owners and the first thing they say to me is, oh my gosh, one of my biggest fears is I'm so afraid of the phone. I'm so afraid of getting on with a client. I'm so afraid to call a customer um, because I just don't know what the conversation is going to look like. I, I don't know what they're going to say on the other end. What if they say something I, I don't know or I don't know how to answer? I, I, I'm just paralyzed by the other side. And I'm saying it's okay to actually have a fear of not knowing because that's competition. You know, the competition is that you got to get in the arena and you got to compete each and every day when you do not know the outcome. See, the fear of failing is okay. It's, it's okay to have these different challenges that are going to come up in your life. To sit back and not do those or to sit back and dwell on fear you're never going to get anywhere. See, what I see with business owners is fear becomes this fortress. It becomes a fortress that we put around ourselves. It's this thing that says, you know what? I don't want to go out there and I don't want to, I don't want to let anybody down. I don't, I don't want to go out there and, 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 and fail because you know I don't really feel successful right now because when you have a job, a job stands for just over broke. And most of us look at our bank account and we judge how successful we are by the number of dollars that we have in there. And that sometimes is where they live in this fear, this fortress of fear that they put around them because they don't want to feel like a failure in any other part of their life. So they start putting all these roadblocks or walls or different things up in front of them so they don't get or feel the pain. See, that's the same thing that I deal with with business owners where they sit back and they have this, this fear of, you know what, I will never be able to pay off a credit card or I'll never be able to pay off a debt that I owe or a bill that I have because, you know what, I'm not making enough money with the job that I have. I have no expenses that I basically can cut out. And now you want me to you know face these things where you don't feel like you can go out there and do it? See, I deal with a lot of people that they would rather do the law of avoidance and hope it goes away. I was dealing with a woman that had $70,000 in debt, and she was the person that would sit back and lay in bed all day long because she could not face 
the day ahead of her because she would wake up and as soon as she was waking up and she would you know have a semi good day everything was going her way the next thing that would happen is the telephone would ring and the telephone would ring and it would be creditors calling her from 10 o'clock in the morning to the rest of the day and this woman was sitting there going oh my gosh i i can't do another day of this i can't handle people calling. I don't know how to get myself out. There's no way out. So she would basically lay in bed every day and just hope it would go away, hope it would get better because she was so afraid to get out there and face it, so afraid to go out there and put the work in because she thought she would never get ahead. Echo of fear, you know, goes and it silences the opportunities that are in front of us. If she would just get out of bed, right, if she would just face that fear and sit back and say, you know what, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to sit and let this credit card you know, piece. I know it's going to be a marathon. It's not going to be a sprint to get it down. I know it's going to be a yo-yo. Sometimes I'm going to be able to pay it off. Some months I'm going to have trouble paying it off. But the opportunity is silenced for her to believe that she can because fear is so big. Like Max Ciccinelli, right? I didn't want Max to be fear, the fear that was set in that he couldn't go out there and read, the fear that he couldn't go out there and compete in his class because now I've just basically stunned his opportunities that were in front of him. See, when you think about like Richard Anderson, right, the four-minute miler, it's crazy to believe that somebody took on something that was impossible for decades, and that was to run a four-minute mile, right? And you think about a person like that that goes out there and does it. And once that person was able to do it and set the bar, then all of a sudden there was 30 people the next year that went out and did the same thing. It's amazing when you actually put thought into stuff and you put the time into it and you say, you know what, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to face the fear. I might not do everything 100% accurate or correct or whatever it might be, but I'm going to go out there and I'm not going to let things silence my opportunities and especially something like fear. See, when I think about it, you know, every day that I'm, I'm working with women business owners, or I'm working with business owners that are, you know, in sales, I say fear has got to become your fuel, baby. Fear has got to be something that, think about that wind behind your back. It's got to be the thing that's pushing you, not the thing that is holding you from your outcome. It's kind of sitting here saying, I got to break free from this whole fear-based mentality that the world lives in. Because I have to understand one thing about this world, and I think we all are getting to that point with the people that we know, the people that we surround ourselves with, and that is this. Because the world is full of people that are living in the cheap seats of life, hurling advice and judgment at the ones of us, us listening to this, who have the courage to be brave and go after the life that we want. See, that was Brene Brown. Brene Brown said, you know, you got to be bold, man. You got to live it. You got to gather your courage. You got to get in there and you got to silence these critics. You got to go out and silence the people that tell you that you're not going to be worthy because all that does is that continues to stimulate fear in our bodies. Yeah, man, my friend said I'm not going to make any money in this or, oh my gosh, my idea that I came up with isn't that good or, oh my gosh, you know, uh, maybe I don't have the right product offering. Maybe, you know, maybe I don't have enough time to do this. Maybe the money that I'm, I'm needing is, is, is more than I anticipated. 
All of those are critics. All of those are people that are naysayers. And the people that want to go out there and grow a business need to check those people. And they need to sit back and say, you know what? I'm not interested or open to their feedback because the only thing that they have is criticism and cynicism. And that's the things that we got to make sure we stick away from. Theodore Roosevelt wrote this, right, back way back in the day and talked about the man in the arena. And basically the whole concept of the man in the arena was you've got to get up and compete even when you don't know what the outcome is. you got to get up and get out there and fight. Most people in today's world, they want certainty. They want that it's certain. I, I, I know if I wake up and I go to work, I'm going to make money. That's because that's how we've been programmed. If I go and I study, I'm going to get good grades. Uh, I know if I go out there and, and I work, I'm going to get some sort of a paycheck. When you are your own business owner and you're trying to build something big and something bold and something beautiful, it is something that you have to understand. You're going to have to compete each and every day because starting a business or starting anything from scratch takes discipline. It takes a mindset that you have to say, I am going out there and competing. I know that if I work hard enough, I'm certain that I will find success on the other side of it. It's not if I will find success. It's when will I find success. And most people want it now. They want it like a McDonald's hamburger. They want this fast food of success. They want it to be like, yep, I'm right there. I'm successful today. You know, And that's not how it works. Certainty. Certainty is what people are searching for. I use an analogy a lot. And that analogy is if I put $5 million behind a steel concrete wall and I have cameras that are on that inside the room and on the other side of that wall from the money is us. And you can see on this big screen TV this $5 million of cash and you're like, oh my goodness. And there's... Ten of us that are in this room. See, we will do anything. We will take whatever it takes and ever time to go out and it takes if that money is guaranteed. Right? We know it's in that room. All we're going to do, we're going to take the chairs. We're going to take the, the tables. We're going to do as much damage to that brick, steel, concrete, and forced wall as we possibly can so we can get in there because all we're going to do is it's guaranteed. All we have to do is get through that wall, and it's ours. It's our money. And it's ours to split and to spend. That's what people will go to work for if they can see it and it's right in front of them. Oh my gosh, I'll do anything to get it. But let me change this, the narrative. If I tell you that there's $5 million behind this steel concrete wall and every one of us are going to get to split it, we're all going to go after it with the same intensity. We're going to all go after it with the same vigor and, and excitement and, and go after it. And all of us will do that, exactly just that. But here's what's going to happen. For the first 20 minutes, we're going to be pounding that wall. We're going to take the chairs. We're going to take the tables. We're going to be making a dent to go after it, to get in there. And then about 20 minutes in, somebody's going to get tired. And somebody's going to sit back and say, oh, man, what if it's not there? What if that money isn't there? What, what, no, no, it's there. Keep going, keep going. It's there. We're going to get that at $5 million. And then 20 minutes later, another person goes, well, what if he's right? What if it's not there? What if that money doesn't exist? 
No, 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 no. We're gonna. We, it's there, you guys. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. And then twenty minutes later, after that, another two and another three people start doubting that that money's there because the problem is they can't see it. It's not in front of them. It's not a guaranteed. Remember, I just told them that it was in that room. They don't know if it's really there. There's no cameras on that money. There's no reason to tell them. That's the issue. People will do only if it's guaranteed. And that's not how it is to be a business owner. That's not how it is to be an entrepreneur. Nothing is guaranteed. You have to, if you want something in this world, you're going to have to go out, put the time, you're going to have to put the energy in, you're going to have to put the dedication into anything that you want. And that's what it seems. I, I also use another, you know, funny analogy and it's called like double Dutch. I don't know if anybody has seen a double Dutch, but you know, I think about the, 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 if you've kind of, I've ever watched it, you know, you've got to really kind of watch the ropes and it's all about timing and jumping in and, and getting yourself to that point of, Hey, I'm, I'm either just going to get in there and do it. And I might get my leg slapped or my head slapped with the, the rope, but I'm going to go and I'm going to start to learn. Because if you don't jump in, you're never going to get going. And if you're never going to get going, you're never going to end up learning. Because the fear of the ropes, oh, it's going to hurt. The fear of, you know, oh my gosh, I might trip and fall. Well, yes, but it cannot sit back and parallels you. You know, I think about myself. I've done most of the things in my life with a little bit of fear. Like, you know, when I opened up our first market with inside of pure romance you know the first market that i ever opened up um you know i i opened up st louis and uh, at the time we had about 300 consultants most of those consultants were in detroit and in cincinnati ohio Uh, my mom had you know taken the business and like we said growing it from you know a basement business to about a million dollars operation and i remember her tasking me with this ability to go out and grow the, uh, the business. And I sat back and I said, you know, mom, um, I think I have this, I think I have it. And in one of the markets that, that, that I, I talked about with her was St. Louis. Now, back at those days, we were signing about two people a month that were joining the organization. And to kind of put it in perspective, we, we signed about 4,000 people, uh, that joined the organization every month. Well, I came to my mom and I said, Hey, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend $30,000 of media. We're going to make this, this you know, kind of uh, business proposal to go out there and look for people to own and operate their own business, for people that want to have a little bit of fun, uh, to, for people that you know, want to be able to uh, feel what it's like to be an entrepreneur. I said, we're going to spend $30,000 and we're going to have an opportunity event. And we did just that. We drove to St. Louis. Uh, we got in a U-Haul. My mom goes, well, Chris, why did you pick St. Louis? I said, well, mom, it's the second most conservative city than Cincinnati. And if it can work in Cincinnati and St. Louis, it can work anywhere in the world. And that's exactly what we did. I went out and spent 30000 We had $33,000 in the bank. This was one of the biggest gambles that I have ever had as a business owner. But it was also the defining moment that grew our business from where we were to where we are now. And that fear of going and attacking and being all in on something. Because I wasn't going to listen to somebody and say, hey, well, what if you fail? What if it doesn't work? What if you go and and you spend that $30,000 and it doesn't work? No, I had to believe it 100%. It had to work and it was going to work. If I had any doubt in my mind, that doubt starts setting in. Those critics start – I start playing it over and over again in my mind. And I wasn't going to let that happen 
because I had to make a promise to myself. And that promise to myself was that I was going to go in there and believe that there is no way that I could fail. I had to sit back and say, you know what? I would go and attack this and say, gosh, if you knew you can never, you know, ever, ever fail or disappoint or have any setbacks, I had to use that and that had to be my new mentality, my new way that I was going to attack things. I wanted to figure out how to go out there and play big, play way, way bigger than my competition. And that's exactly what we did. We made the big gamble, but I did it, you know, and I had fear. Fear did propel me, the fear of being poor. I never wanted to be that again. The fear of failing. I didn't want to fail. I knew I was going to outwork people. I knew I was going to commit. We knew we were going to put it all in. And that's exactly what we did. And we went there and we ended up recruiting 50 people, 50 people in a week after we, after we did that event. And we did that because one, we said, hey, we are going to go out there and we are going to drive this thing and we're going to do whatever it takes we're going to make sure that we make it known that when we come into market and you want to get a business opportunity, it's going to be with an unbelievable company like Pure Romance. Now, when we sit back and think about that, it was one of the biggest game changers of my entire life. But again, it was done out of fear. <laughs>